This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Amy Wells. Welcome to the OTP. We are so excited to have you here. We're joined by none other, Coach Mack. Dave McGinnis is also here with me. Coach Mack, how are you? Hey, Amy Wells. It's great to be with you, and especially it's great to be with our special guest, one of my all-time favorites ever, and I know a lot of people, so that's at the top of the list. It absolutely is, and Mac, this is a good day for a variety of reasons. I've really been feeling like on this podcast specifically, I need some backup. And I need backup in terms of more female involvement on this show. I've been holding it down for too long. I need a buddy now. And so we're going to start a female revolution on this podcast because I'm in charge today. And what I say goes. And so I'm bringing in the best possible person to help me lead this revolution, Laura Oakman. You know her, you love her, you've seen her everywhere in the sports world. And if you think you don't know who Laura Oakman is, you're wrong because you do because she is everywhere. Laura, I am so, so excited to have you on the OTP. You're the perfect person to help me bring the women vibe onto this show. Well, as you were saying the most lovely introduction, both of you, all I kept thinking is what a waste to be doing this with Coach Matt because he doesn't need it. Like there's so many men I'd be like, yep, let me help with this revolution. But he (laughs) is one of our greatest allies. So it's hard to be like, yeah, let's go, sister. Let's do this. When I'm like, oh, but Coach Mack is right here along with us. He's an honorary sister. So (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a warm, wonderful, inviting podcast today. It absolutely is. And so just with that, we've got to start by talking about the Laura Coach Mac relationship. You guys are buddies that have gone back for a long time. Give me the origin story of Coach Mac and Laura Oakman. Laura, let me talk first, please. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it goes it goes back to the to the to the Camelot days in Chicago. I mean, it really does because, you know, I was with the Bears and Mike Dicka and, and Camelot is a great word to describe it because there have been a lot of great eras in professional sports uh, history with cities, but that, that Camelot era in Chicago with the Bears and the Bulls, the way things were rolling there. And then Laura Oakman was right in the middle of all those great Chicago Bull runs. And look, I mean, her professionalism has spanned a whole lot of sports, but when she was with Sports Challenge Chicago, and, and, and was, covering, was covering the Bulls. I mean, she won an Emmy for it, and, and, and rightfully so, because she was outstanding. And then, you know, she was, she was around the Bears quite a bit too. But the thing, the thing about Laura Oakman was, and, and here, let me just say this, that, that's important. And she, and, and she talks to me about being an advocate. The only way I'm an advocate for females in this business is ones that get it and ones that are serious about it and ones that truly love it. You cannot manufacture respect nor experience in this business. You have to earn it. And Laura Oakman earned it. And she was she was somebody that as a coach, and I've done it all coaching in the National Football League. I was an assistant coach. I've been an assistant head coach. I've been a coordinator. I've been a head coach. And through all of those times, you find out really quick, those people that you can trust and those people you can trust with information that is vital, you know, for, 
uh, broadcaster to be able to do their job, but also you have to be able to have an innate trust with them. Laura Oakman covers all of that in spades. She's one of my favorite human beings, not only as a professional, but just because she is the best example for somebody that wants to get into this business, male or female, that has worked for it and has earned every accolade she's ever gotten. But the biggest thing she's earned is the trust of people in this business that's hard to come by. I would like to record this and make it on my ringtone. So when anyone calls me, <laughs> this is what they have to hear, including myself. I would call it every every hour to hear this. So there's a million things I love what you just said, Coach Mack, and how much I appreciate it. But here's the biggest thing I'd say. I was so young and dumb when I met you. I was so intimidated in that world, in that Camelot world. I'm a Chicago girl. And so I got that opportunity at Sports Channel before I was ready for it. And so... I made every mistake. I questioned myself. I didn't believe in myself. And so to have kindness at that age and at that stage was everything. I was so intimidated every day going into Hallis Hall, which is where the Bears practice. And at that time, it was the, I mean, gosh, comparing it to even the Titans building, you could have put Hallis Hall like in the lobby, <laughs> so little. And so what would happen is the reporters would all just be lumped into basically a hallway and we would wait and the coaches would have to walk through this tiny little hallway to go to the offices from practice, right? Like from practice. And I just always remember Coach Mack was one of the ones that stopped and said hello and treated not just me, but everybody with such respect. And I was at an age where I didn't even know how to build a relationship with the coach yet because I was so intimidated and I was so scared. And so I remember that was, you were one of the first coaches that I had that human interaction with. And it wasn't about the story and it wasn't about practice that day. It really was you checking in. How are you? And asking where was I living and just questions getting to know me. And that was huge for a young woman, but huge for a young reporter who was just learning about building trust and learning how to build relationships. You gave me a huge glimpse into that because I love what you just said. I, I say the same thing. People ask us all the time, Amy, about sexism in sports. And I always say the locker rooms are the easiest. The coaches and the players are the easiest. If they respect you, you're in. That gender does not matter. You have to earn the respect. And once you're, once you're in, you're in. The industry is a whole different thing. But the world of sports in that bubble is the most welcoming one once you prove you belong. And Coach Mack was truly one of the first people that made me feel like I might belong in this. Well, uh, Laura, and, and that's that's kind of you to say, but let me just say this. I mean, you understand I was a very, I mean, I was the youngest coach on that staff by a long ways. If you, I mean, you, mm -hmm. you know this, you talk yeah. about the small building, but we were a small staff. There was only eight of us. And you had longtime historic coaches there, Johnny Rowland, the Dick Stanfields, Hall of Fame coaches, you know, that, 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 that were there. And, and I was brand new to the league. And when Mike Dick gave me that chance, let me say this. When I, I had 13 years of major college football, and when I was hired, they, one of the things that, that, that some of those uh, professional coaches told me was, look, you cannot be as close to these players as you were to your college players. We understand yeah. that you were, a, you were a really top-notch recruiter. People say that you this. He said, this is a business. You can't get very close. You can't get, you do this. And so, you know, I, I, I took, the, I absorbed that for a minute. And then when I got there, I said, no, that's not true. Because it's a people business. 
And so I, I, I felt so blessed to be there and I just loved every minute of it. And part of it was meeting people like yourself that were there. You never gave off a vibe like you were nervous. You never, but, but what you did give the vibe off was, is that I am here to do a job. And I am also here to be able to, you know, to earn your trust. And I'm serious about what I'm doing. I mean, that's the vibe that I got. But believe me, I mean, I was a young coach, too. Here's what I knew when I took that job at Chicago. Nothing. Zero. I knew, I knew, I knew absolutely zero. I mean, the first thing I did, Laura, I called Mike Singletary and said, please, let's go to dinner. You know, introduced myself and said, I need to find out what I need to do to earn these guys respect. Because you're talking about, you know, the Super Bowl shuffle bears. You know, you're mm -hmm. talking about the most iconic team in the nation at the time. The three things that he told me, and I think you'll you'll substantiate this, you know, in your career. He said, he said, Coach Mack, let me just tell you something. Three things. First of all, always tell us the truth. And he said, number two is if you don't know, just say you don't know. Don't try to BS us. We'll figure it out together. And he said, the third and most important thing is let us feel and let us know, not just out of your mouth, but from your heart that you value us as people as much as you do that number on our back. And so that's what I did. And it's, it, it, it worked because I'm 35 years into this league and still going. And here's what I'd say to that is you were one of the pioneers of that because now we're big on get to know your players as people, right? Like now every coach will say that, you know, if they do it, that's another thing, but it's just get to know your players as people, make sure that they know you care and all of those things that a lot of these coaches have to get coached to do now and have to shift their brain and their way of thinking because they've never done that before. You've always embodied that. You've always exemplified that. That's who you are. So I could see when you got in where so many coaches would try to turn that shift the other way. It doesn't work here. They don't want you to get to know them as people. They're not going to, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you find out it doesn't matter if you're coaching college or broadcasting college or NFL or basketball or sports, or you're in engineering or you're in marketing or you're in, it does not matter. It's always about people. It always is about people. And I think you were one of the first ones that really understood that there's certain people in this business. And I've talked about this a bunch and I always say it behind your back, players and coaches, there's just certain people you name and you go, if someone is a problem with them, you're the problem. And it kind of gives you a light, right? Like if you have a problem with coach Mac, then I know to stay away from it. Like you get, there's a light shining on you that you are not the right person in here. And in all these years, if you could find one person to say anything bad about Dave McGinnis, it will be the first person that you find and the person you should run away from, because it's definitely not the kind of person you want to be around. And that's all because everybody knows who you are from broadcasters to players, to other coaches, there's just not an inauthentic bone in your body. And everybody feels that when they're around you. But don't you think, Laura, and, and again, you know, Amy can jump in here, but but that the 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 honesty is what's so important because the, the professional sports world can be such a superficial world. It's it's magnified, it's glorified, but at the end result, it's still it's still a people business. And and to me, that's one of the most important things. And there are some great coaches that have been able to do that. I mean, Mike Ditka, his players, even for the way Mike Ditka was, his players loved him. Because he, yeah. they knew that he knew who they were and, you know, and what they were going through. And the same way with, I mean, I worked for Jeff Fisher for 15 years. 
and he Same was way. involved with his players. I mean, and, and so those things are, are extremely, extremely important. And it's even more so nowadays. And, and as you said, that to me, and that just, that kind of dovetails into some of the things that you are doing that I think are so essential. I just have to say, this is w w the most important lesson I ever learned from a player. And I teach this to uh, the direction you were going, Coach Mack, of the women that I coach. It was, you know, probably before I met you. So I was even younger and dumber, but I, I think I was in my first job or my second job. And I called Charles Barkley for something. And I knew Charles because I was in Montgomery, Alabama, and Charles was from a town close by. So he would come through. And so I met him at a young age. He was still playing then. So this is how long ago it was. And I called him once and he answered the phone and he said, well, 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 Laura Oakman, what do you need? And I was like, huh, can't a girl just call and say hello? And he said, a girl can, you just never do. And he's like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I just know when you call, you need something. So what do you need? And that crushed me because who wants to be that person that the phone rings and it's like, ugh, Laura, like, what does she need? But in my mind, I was like, well, why else would I call? I'm not going to call or reach out before texting, but I'm not going to call and say, great game or how was your weekend? So I just didn't call because I thought... That I thought, well, that's not my place. But at the end of the day, in my side of the world and Amy's side of the world, it's a very one-sided relationship if you allow it. It's us always saying, I need, I need, I need. And at some point, if you don't find a way to have a real relationship, then it's going to be a really hard business and a lonely business to navigate because suddenly you look around and go, I have a lot of contacts and I have a lot of sources, but I have no friends and I have no relationships. And that's on all of our sides, you know, figuring that out together. But it is, it's a relationship business. And sometimes I think we have to remind ourselves of that. Well, and how do you utilize those relationships and really cultivate them? Because on one hand, of course, you're reaching out to these people. You do need something from them for your business. Yeah. On the other hand, you want to be engaged in creating a meaningful relationship that matters but you want to keep it professional. There's a lot of lines and it seems like you're balancing. You have done that very well. And I know that over and over again, you've said, I don't have sources. I have relationships with people. How do you cultivate those and keep them in a place where you're really working on that relationship and you're not going to one extreme or the other? What I always say is it's the most important part of my job and it is a job. So people understand, I, I legitimately have Tuesday every week that's called Relationship Tuesday. And that's my day where I sit and I text and I email and I call and I reach out with no agenda. I'm constantly making sure that I don't text every single time that Coach Mac hears from me, it's what does Laura need? And so I know I've implemented that on Sundays post game, you know, you have a long day on the field, we all do. And then I get in my car and we have about, an hour or an hour and a half to get to the airport. And I look at every single score real quickly and update. And I start texting everybody, you know, congratulations on the win. I'm so sorry about the loss, sending healing thoughts your way. I'm so sorry about the injury. That's the second most important part of my job, which is not asking a question, not asking anyone to reach back, but constantly making sure that I'm showing up when I don't need something. And I have a big whiteboard and I don't do this anymore, but when I was younger, it would say all these people every week, who did I reach out to? When did I say I'd reach back out? Did they need something from me? Because I wanted to make sure that 
it wasn't a one-sided relationship. When I first got into this and players and coaches would ask to go to a golf tournament, I would say no, because I thought that was a line. And I was like, I don't want to make it look like I'm friends. I don't want to make it look like, as you said, Amy, that, you know, as a woman, there's some tough navigation. So I just said no to everything. And then at some point, finally had enough faith in myself and trust in myself and understood relationships to go, how can I keep asking for things if I'm not taking part in this? And so I guess they went from context to relationships when suddenly I got to know their foundations and their wives and their mothers and their children and started being a part of this community versus somebody on the outside of the bubble doing stories. And that's when my life changed. Not just my job changed, my life. And Mac, when you see someone who's really cultivating those relationships as a coach, someone on the other side, gosh, it must make you feel so good to get a text message like that that says, hey, congratulations on the win. I don't need anything from you. That's just it. <laughs> well, absolutely. But the, the the thing about it has to be genuine because you don't have to. You, you, it comes across as they're not cultivating anything. They are just genuinely, you know, involved in what's going on. And, you know, you're not the only one. But the fact that you know that they are paying attention. OK, paying attention, because in this business, as a coach, you know, especially as a head coach in this league, you got people pulling at you from all different directions. And most of it, you know, they're, they're pulling at you just like players, you know, for selfish reasons. And then once they're done with you, they're done with you. But as I said, there are certain people that you that you realize are in it for the, the reason that they generally they're generally interested in what you're doing, not for any ulterior motive, because guess what? Their careers are going along just fine. They're checking in with you. And what that gives you as a coach, every now and then, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Laura, look, I know you're going to be here in a couple of weeks. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on here. You know, and, and I don't know if it'll be the story when you get here, but I'm just giving you a little background. And here's what I here's what I can let you know when you get here. And if it changes, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Because that's important. I mean, those types of things are very, very important in this business. And here's the thing that, that I think, and Laura, you can help me with this. Back when the league was a little bit more, I'd say mom and pop type league, it was different. It really was. It, it's a, it, and so you really have to work now because it, 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 it's a corporation. It, 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 it's corporate, but you can still do it. And as I said, the seminars that you do, which I've been to, you know, and we'll get into those and we'll get into galvanize. I've seen that work. But what happens is, is it's not just, it's not something that you're doing for, for the fluff of it. You're telling them real issues yeah. that will come up and how to navigate it. Because being a female in this business is not easy. Now, the in, inclusion of it is getting better and better. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I was so happy for Low Locust when they won down there at Tampa Bay. I know Low, you know, very well. She was the assistant defensive line coach at the Birmingham Iron. I used to drive over there to watch their games, you know, and then when she got that chance to go, you know, with, with BA and then plus just, you know, to win it. Those types of things matter. I mean, they really, they really do matter. And not, not because she's a female, but because she spent 30 years chasing a dream. And those things are extremely important. And now for her to be able to be on that stage, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I think it's just so, so important that people like yourself that have a platform now, because I mean, you know, let's admit it, you're a big deal now, but you had to work, you had to work to be a big deal. And so, and, and the way that you did it, but I, as I said, we'll talk about your seminars, we'll talk about Galvanize, but the way you portray it and the way you get it across, you know, although I think those, 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 
the, those females that are entering into it, they say, whoa, this is a job. This is work. And it's, you know, it's not all about just, you know, the bright lights and everything else that goes on because it is a business. It's a business, but it doesn't have to be an impersonal business. And I hope this is one of the most important things I can say to Amy right now, because I know the dream was checking boxes, right? I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to cover a Super Bowl. I want to host an Olympics. I want to work for a network. Check, check, check. And all of a sudden you check boxes and you realize how lonely that can be because everything about us is the job, is the job, is the box, is the box. And I just know that at some point you really do look around at a lot of check boxes, a lot of check boxes and go, what else is there? I've been doing, you know, sidelines for a long time, but if I look at my Sunday, I work just as hard as my play-by-play partner. I work just as hard as my analysts. We're watching the same film. We're reading the same articles. We're having the same interviews and conversations. And I'm probably having more conversations with more players and coaches. And yet if you boil down my Sunday, maybe I have two and a half minutes. If you put down like all of my stuff and what happens is eventually you leave Sunday and your guys feel great. They've had three hours to pontificate and to show off their knowledge and to show how awesome they are. And you walk into your car with a notebook of stories that never made air and all your opinions and all your insight and all these nuggets and nothing made air. And you can feel like you have no value and you can have no worth. And at some point as a woman, at least on the sidelines, I had to figure out what's my value, what's my worth, because it cannot be two and a half minutes on a Sunday. That took me a long time. I hope Amy figures that out a whole lot younger than I did. That's why we started this podcast, because I had more to say. (laughs) I I love it. Like, that makes me want to cry. I love that so much. A hundred percent. That's, I love that. I would have never had the confidence to use my voice as you're doing at your age. The other great thing now, just look what's going on in the league. Look, I mean, look right here at the Tennessee Titans, Amy Adams strong. I mean, one of the absolute best. I mean, when I came back from LA and I came here and met her, you know, when I was going to start doing the broadcast here, I, I, I came away from that first meeting going, Whoa, I've been in the league a long time. I know good from bad real quick. Yes. I mean, yep. that is excellent. Uh, look, look at Sheila Ford Hamp. What's going on there at Detroit? How much she's involved. Yep. Look at Kim Pagudo. To me, those things are extremely, extremely important. And, and our league is better for that. It is better for that, in my humble opinion. Now, Laura, we have to talk about Galvanize. We've kind of alluded to it, and it is so much bigger than everything that we've alluded to. Give me a minute to just kind of break down Galvanize, what it is, and why it's so important. People always think Galvanize is about being better on camera because originally how the genesis of Galvanize was I started seeing all these young women getting thrown into these awesome opportunities, but I thought, ooh, that's fast. That's fast and that's hard, you know, and high up. I was watching them struggle and I knew that they weren't struggling on a Sunday or on a Saturday. I knew they were going to struggle for years. When you all of a sudden walk with a coach at halftime and I've had coaches say this, they've said, Hey, I was with an adorable young girl at halftime and I was trying to help, but I didn't know what she was talking about. And when I tried to tell her something so I could help her, I knew she didn't know what I was talking about. And that was told to me when I was 27, I would have been very judgmental of the women and been like, well, they don't belong. And why are they here? But I was luckily old enough and motherly enough to go, these women are being crushed, not on a Sunday, but their confidence is now crushed. And so 
I was very thankful that I got my start in Montgomery, Alabama and made my mistakes small in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I had to work my way up to get to the network level. And I was watching so many young women not get that trajectory. And so I knew I couldn't help change that, but I did think, well, I probably could help them get ready for the opportunity. And so Galvin, and I started about 12 years ago and I just thought, how can I help? And I didn't know anything more than that. It wasn't a company. It wasn't a name. It wasn't anything, but it took about four months to find 20 women <laughs> who were like, sure, I'll be a part of it. And then, you know, 12 years later, about 2,500 women later, it's turned into just an incredible network of women and something I would have killed for, which was just a group of women to help me navigate all of this going through it. There's no black and white in this business. It's all gray. And I didn't have a single woman who helped me through that. I didn't have a woman mentor. I didn't have friends who were doing this business. So we, I had peers, I didn't have friends. And I just thought, how can I, how can I give them this? And it's grown, not just in size, but we have boot camps and workshops now that are for women not on camera. We have everybody behind the scenes. We have women who are agents and marketing and PR and we're from 20 years old to 40. So it's just, it, it's just this incredible group of women who are looking for a network of other women to support, to be supported by. And it's been a life changer. I, I would have killed for it at your age, Amy, but I also know that I probably, if I had it, I wouldn't have created it because I didn't know the importance and the need of it. So I guess I probably wasn't supposed to have it. And now I just know watching these young women and older women, but succeed and grow and struggle has grown my heart in sizes. I didn't know my heart could grow because I don't have children. So I, I didn't understand what it was like to be a mother. And now I feel like I'm a mother to a couple thousand women <laughs> and feel like, Every day, I'm like, I didn't know I could be any prouder than I've already thought I would be. But it's been it's been magical. It's been absolutely magical. Let me interject here. I mean, you know, when, when we went to L.A., you know, Laura, of course, you know, asked Jeff Fisher and myself if she could, you know, bring, you know, a group of her galvanized people to training camp. You know, it was our first year out there. Of course, it was a big deal. And, everybody, and of course, you know, Jeff Fisher, you know, uh, told me that, that Laura, I said, oh, absolutely. Let's do this fish. And, and when she showed up and, and, you know, and the things that, that she was imparting to them, I mean, they weren't just at practice just to be, you know, being able to stand inside the ropes and to say to all the people around, look at us, we're inside the ropes. They were actually digging in and learning something about what really makes this thing work. And then Jeff talked to the group, I talked to the group, but you could tell that they were all invested and they weren't invested at a surface level. They were invested at a level like, I am getting a leg up here and I'm gonna take full advantage of it. I was so impressed, so impressed with it. And I can see why it worked. And you will forever, forever be one of the greatest gifts to galvanize because that was still young and that was galvanized infancy, but it was galvanized is exactly how you were with the women we talk so little about being on camera. We talk so little about the actual interview. We practice small talk. Well, you know, if that you're all of a sudden walking up to a coach and you're 22 years old and you're intimidated and you're scared, how do you connect? How do you let Coach Mack know that I might be 23 years old, but you can trust me in this conversation if it's on camera or in print and follow me or if you're producing this. And Coach Mack talked to them like they were professionals, not like they were young girls you know, and like how cute there's a bunch of girls at practice, 
but like that he gave them, he imparted the wisdom that he imparts on everyone who's in his orbit, which was invaluable. But it's all the things I, I would have killed to know. I would have, I didn't need to get coached on being on camera because I was going to get better on camera with reps and I was going to get better with experience and that's going to happen. But the things that will stunt your growth about your confidence and about relationships and about how to build them and about how to believe in yourself, how to empower other women when you've been told that's your competition, all those things to be able to sit and talk about that's galvanized and uh, being better on camera or being better at, you know, at your job is so minuscule to me. I think the first couple of boot camps, I didn't get that. And I focused a lot on what you do. And now I don't think we, we ever talk about what you do. It's all who you are. Same with athletes, same with coaches. And now, by the way, Coach Mac knows this. I have clients, you know, I do a lot of advising with communications. I have had coaches and I work with an, almost 200 of the top professional women hockey players in the world. So I'm in a different world now where I'm trusted in a different way with these incredible people. It's the same thing. We don't talk about their job. We talk about who they are. and that doesn't matter what you do for a job. If you tap into that, then it goes right back to what Coach Mac's talking about is the authenticity and the truth of who you are. And that's how you build relationships and trust. You know, of course, Amy Wells, you know, and Ashley Farrell, who's behind, who's behind the camera recording this. Let me, let me just tell you what they did, Laura, when I came in here. Yeah, yeah. When they finally realized they didn't have to be scared of me, they, you know, they asked me and they both asked me, Coach Mac, would you spend time with us in this off season, teaching us some football, teaching us what is really going on? Because we're at practice every day. We hear all of these terms. We see these things. Will you help us? And I, and I told them, I said, look, if you guys are serious about this, because I don't need to practice my coaching. I said, I don't need to do that. But if you'll get a notebook and we'll get, and we'll start looking at tape, and if, if, if you'll spend two and a half months and we'll dedicate time to do this, you know, a couple of hours a day when we can do this, if you'll set that aside, I'll be more than happy to do it. And we did that for two and a half months. And to me, that was one of the greatest things because they both legitimately wanted to learn. And not because they were going to go out there and coach a position, but they wanted to know so that when they were asking questions or they were, you know, or they were filming a game like Ashley does, What's going to happen? I mean, you know, yeah. telling them, hey, look, look at the safeties. Look at, if look at the middle of the field's open, middle of the field closed. It'll tell you if it's man or zone. You can kind of tell what's coming here with these splits. Let me teach you what personnel groups mean. When you see those signs on the sideline that say 11 and 12 and 13, let me get you underneath the layers so you'll understand what's going on. So it's not all just one big, huge picture. Let me teach you what to look at. And they killed it. They crushed it. And to this day, I can still give, and I'll do it every now and then, you know, when, 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 when we're doing, you know, now with COVID, we couldn't do it. But when we're out with season ticket holders, I'll stop the whole thing because they'll always ask me, Coach Mack, we hear you on the broadcast talking about 11 personnel. I said, stop. Amy, what's 11 personnel? And she'll say, one tight, one running back, three wides. I said, there you go. Let's do this. And that, that to me is so important. I love that so much and know that I would have, I would have killed. I still would kill to do that with you now, but I would have killed at, at their age. And I know I didn't have a coach Mac, but I did have somebody when I was young and that was before the internet. And that was before football for dummies, all of that. And 
I was a Chicago girl who got thrown into Alabama and I didn't know the SEC. I didn't know NASCAR. I went to Kansas. College football really wasn't my jam. And so I needed to find coaches at each sport who I trusted that wouldn't say I was stupid and who wouldn't go up. Exactly. A girl that doesn't know the sport, but would sit and want to teach. And I know that that's one of the things that I'm so proud of you too. I'm so proud of you, Amy. And I'm so proud of you, Ashley, for doing that. Cause that's not a gender thing. I promise you there's a whole lot of men in our industry that should sit down with coach Mac and, and who have also never played the game and who are scared to ask because they're supposed to assume or, or just do assume that they know what they're talking about. It is so important when you're early on in this business to find a coach who you can trust to sit with you and watch film and just say, can I ask questions? Not dumb questions. Those are really important questions. So we can ask questions of players and know what they're saying back to us, but it's not always easy to find a coach Mac everywhere you go. But the most important thing is to find someone who will do that versus feeling like I know for, I'm sure the conversations with you two originally were, can we ask that? Does it show that we don't know things and can that look bad on us? And you have to put your pride away to say, I want to be better and I want to learn more. So let's do this together. And I love, love, love that you guys did that. Love that you guys did that. And love coach Mac that of course he took the time to do it well Laura you're welcome to come watch tape with us anytime I don't cry near as much as I used to <laughs> I'm much better at using that clicker now it took me some time but I got there we had some late nights filled with lots of I don't know where rewind is coach please help me <laughs> so <laughs> I stopped listening to you I, I don't know the clicker there's a laser pointer I don't know what how it got there I can't turn it off Let's just keep it rolling. <laughs> you had me. I was going to jump and say yes. And then as soon as you said running the clicker, I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can do it. I, I learned. I'm a professional now. I can handle it. Gosh, Laura, I could talk to you forever. I know we've got to let you go. You're the busiest woman in all of sports. But before you go, I want to be sure to ask you what advice you might have, not even just for girls who want to get into this industry, but anyone who wants to have some sort of role in sports, whether it be in media or otherwise, what advice would you give to them? I think the first thing is, I know for years and years, I was told that a girl talking sports was crazy. And so that was in my head for a long time. And everyone would say, what's your plan B? What's your plan B? And I would always say, my plan B is to make sure my plan A is working. And after I proved that a girl talking sports wasn't crazy, the narrative changed to, okay, that's great. You can talk sports, but you better do it fast because you can't age on camera. So you better have another plan in place because once you hit 40, everyone's going to tell you that you've aged out of this business and that's not what this business wants. So I think for so long in my career, I feared a lot of things and I believed a lot of things that people told me. And that when you're told that constantly, your voice starts sounding like all their voices. And so you start telling yourself you don't belong or you better have a plan B, you don't belong. And I think the biggest thing I try to impart, I love that you said, not just young girls and young women, this is young boys and young men, but to make sure your voice is the loudest because this business is tough and it doesn't matter what side of it, you will be told how competitive it is. You will be told there is no room for you. You will be told a million reasons why you won't belong or you can't belong. And I think the most important thing that changed my trajectory and changed my life was my, when my voice started saying, you're good at this, you belong here, that, you know, keep crushing it, you're kicking ass. 
And suddenly all those other voices just weren't as important anymore. And then suddenly we're an important period. So I think that I didn't learn that till 40. So I, I sometimes say, here's my advice to young women or young men. And then I think, you know what, this is probably for all of us because I think at different stages that we're all in, our voices change. And I just know that the voice in my head has never been more supportive and has never been more empowering. And I know that's changed my life, not just my job. So that's probably my, my favorite thing is when I watch these young women at Galvanize, I see their voices literally change. And I watch how they all of a sudden go from doubting themselves to believing in themselves and then believing in each other. And that's where the magic is. That's where the growth is. And that's my favorite thing to watch people grab a hold of. Laura Oakman, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show with us today. This has been such a blast. You have to come back sometime soon. Do this with us again. Weekly? Yes. Like, yes. 100%. Monthly, but <laughs> you guys, listen, I would have already come into this knowing I know any conversation with Coach Mac is a meaningful one and is a purposeful one and is a wonderful one. But my sister, you are outstanding. And sometimes when you're in the middle of two people who know each other and start a conversation and it's like goes to a sideline feeling, right? Like, wait a minute, I had 25 questions and they <laughs> monopolized it and I asked two, but it takes a really good point guard to make sure that everybody's involved and to get this, this whole flow going. So you are magnificent. So thank you for being such a great point guard and coach Mac, I can do this with you every day. You're the best and you know that. You're the best. But yes, because my voice tells me that I am the best, like your voice tells you <laughs> that you are the best. Well, and, and again, you know, you know the feeling's mutual. I mean, it makes me so happy at a game to be able to because to lean out of the press box before the game and yell at you down there on the sideline. It Love just it. makes me feel so happy to be able to do that and connect with you. And uh, we need to get together in Nash Vegas soon with Amy Wells, with Ashley Farrell, with you, with your husband at the standard. We need to do that. Yes, yes, yes. Confirmed and booked. And if we can all sneak our dogs in even better. I would love that too. <laughs> for Coach Mac, for Laura Oakman, I'm Amy Wells. This has been the OTP. Thank you to all of the OT people who subscribe. We will see you next time. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.